everybody. Welcome to the playoff edition of Best on the Board. Chris Mooney joined by Michael Beller. Beller, what's going on, man? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too, Mimi. I'm feeling good. Uh, great holiday season, but that's now behind us and we're ready for playoff season. I love the NFL playoffs, man. I love uh, I love this week especially, right? Uh, we still can, we can talk futures. We got four games this week, four games next week. Then hopefully we're whittling it down to the best of the best. I know who I want the final four teams in the NFL to be. So uh, love this week, love this weekend. Love that we're coming out of it with that holiday momentum. Just feels really good, and I'm excited for this weekend's games. Yeah, hopefully you had a good holiday. You and your family, your listeners, uh, had a good holiday as well. And yeah, reality kind of just... It slaps you in the face on on a Tuesday on, on January second. I, I feel like I don't know how how you feel, but you know I was <laughs> I had the feet up, hands behind the head, resting, you know, watching some Week Seventeen football, which was actually very entertaining. There's a lot on the line. I mean, the Pats lost to the Dolphins, and it really came down to the last play of the game in terms of seeding with that 49ers and Seahawks game. So it was a very entertaining Week Seventeen, even though we weren't with you. So thanks for taking the time to hang out. Uh, we appreciate a follow on Twitter at mbeller myself at Chris Meany. Rate, review, subscribe. We will be with you throughout the entire playoffs. We're going to talk, of course, about the wild card matchups this weekend. Some entertaining ones. Four games, as you mentioned. Four games next week. And we're going to talk some futures. You want to start there with some futures? Help the people Yeah, let's out do it. I love bets. man. I've already... I've got some futures down already, so I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, I, I have a couple down as well. Uh, I love this time of the year, the, the bets, the playoff pools. Are you in any playoff pools? Like, I'm in some one-and-done playoff pools. I love that. You pick a player once, and that's it. There's, like, some strategy behind, mm-hmm. like – Spoiler alert, I like the Saints, so I'm not picking any this weekend, even though I feel like there could be about 60 points scored in that Vikings-Saints game this weekend. Yeah, there definitely could be, but I'm with you. You might want to save uh, those guys for, for some later rounds. I'm actually not in anything like that, but that's pretty much the only thing I'm not in. I'm in some uh, draft and hold playoff fantasy leagues. I am in uh, a league where uh, we just all got assigned uh, one team at random. And uh, if they, if you have the favorite and they cover the spread, you move on. If you have the underdog and they beat the spread uh, but lose, you take the favorite and move forward. If they win, obviously you hold them and move on. I'm in uh, a playoff against the spread confidence pool. I mean, you guys have been listening to us for five months now. You know that we're covering pretty much every single base that is available in terms of playoff pools. If it exists, we're doing it. <laughs> for sure. And you hooked up with Jake Seeler, right, of the ranking show this week you, for people out there who want to get a little bit of insight into maybe their playoff pools. If they haven't drafted already, I know it's a Friday right now. It's possible that maybe you're, you've already drafted. But if you haven't, you, you guys did touch on that, didn't you? We did, we did that. We did that uh, yesterday. Our final ranking show of the 2019-20 NFL season, getting into playoff ranking. So if you're still in the middle of a draft or you want to get through a draft, and even if you're not in a draft and hold style, if you're doing an NFFC style uh, playoff right. fantasy league or, or something like where you're just picking uh, one, you got you can pick up uh, every single player once and then you can't use them anymore. Uh, even though Jake and I attacked it from the draft and hold style uh, standpoint. It's still something that applies across the board, so please do check that out. Uh, Jake, also very high on the Saints. Uh, Saints, Ravens, Chiefs, if you're playing playoff fantasy, those are the three teams you're really going to want to load up on. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for sure to get in on those on those three teams. Okay, so let's get into some futures. Let's talk first the NFC Championship. We have the 49ers plus 140. Uh, this is courtesy of DK Sportsbook. The Saints plus 240. Packers plus 375. Seahawks 12 to 1. Eagles 14 to 1. Vikings 16 to 1. Um, Vikings jokes. Uh, <laughs> who are you feeling there? I'm surprised. To be honest, I'm surprised that they're just sixteen to one. I know. I guess that that's saying that if they get by the Saints, sure, then you maybe then maybe they uh, look like a decent team. But uh, no, no, no Vikings. I mean, look, I it's no surprise to you, Meanie, and no surprise to anyone who's been listening here. I've, I've got the Saints winning the Super Bowl, uh, so I do think them at plus two forty is a nice bet to win the NFC. Um, if I was going to reach to anyone other than the Saints, it would probably be the Seahawks, uh, just because I think they beat the Eagles this week. Then we've seen them uh, be very competitive with San Francisco. They beat San Francisco once. Of course, the Niners didn't have George Kittle in that game. But then just go back to Week 17, as you mentioned. I mean, there's an argument to be made that Seattle let that game get away from them. You don't get the the, uh, the delay a game penalty. Maybe they win that game. You uh, are an inch away from actually getting into the end zone, even with the delay a game penalty. So uh, I, I think Seattle has proved its ability to be greater than the sum of its parts. And if they're able to get beyond Philadelphia this week, we know that they can be competitive with San Francisco. 
I, they're the one direction I would go. For me, this is probably Saints, maybe Seahawks, no one else. Yeah, I'm not so much feeling the Seahawks. I feel like they're kind of limping in a little bit. They've lost mm-hmm. three of four. They've lost both their running backs or a team that wants to run the football. I do like them this weekend and, and really I think is the toughest call uh, for me to make in, in terms of this wild card weekend. We'll get into that That one game, a Philly, bit more. Seattle? Yeah, I do. I, th- I feel like mm-hmm. it's – I feel like that's going to be a grind. And, and again, we'll get into that one in, in just a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Um, Seattle, want, they want to run the football. Um, the Eagles are really good against the run. They're without their two backs. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not so much feeling feeling those odds. But if I were to pick a long shot, I mean, I guess. I mean, because if Philly does f- somehow find a way to get by Seattle, they're not going to be able to give San Fran the same kind of go that Seattle uh, you alluded to that they gave them a go twice this year. Really, they played them mm-hmm. competitive in in both games, and it is Russell Wilson. But uh, I do have some concerns with that Seattle team. Yeah, it's it's for me, it's the Saints at plus two forty. I'm with you. I, I like the Saints team a, a lot, and you know it's it's really unfortunate that they don't have a buy. I mean, I don't remember a team being this good playing on on Wild Card Weekend, and, and out of all the teams that are playing this weekend, I think that's the only one that I feel confident to make a real nice push with the Saints and and potentially having to go to Lambeau next week or you, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, tough draw really <laughs> for the it's a real tough draw it, for a, for a green Bay team. that's going to be sitting for two weeks yeah. and then you get to go, go to what I'm sure will be a very cold green Bay, Wisconsin Lambeau field. And we know what Drew Brees' history has been in situations like that, but uh, we've been on the saints all yeah. year. Uh, so I still feel very confident in them. This is not to say that the 49ers, can't win the NFC and win the Super Bowl. Of course they can. Right. They've been among the very best teams in the league all year. But if I don't believe that they're going, there's no value in them, right? So if you are right. going to bet on the 49ers, you have yeah. to actually think that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And I don't think that. So that's why I'm staying away from them. But if you believe that, I think that that's, I think that that's a fair price at plus 140. There's a whole, not a whole lot of value in it. And the Packers have limped in too. I know they've won five straight, but they haven't been impressive Ooh. over the last month. Man. I don't think so, anyways. Has there been a worse-looking 13-3 and team in NFL history? I know, and and <laughs> I know Packers Nation's so strong. I said it on another show, and, and I just completely got called out by them. Like, what do you mean? Like, they haven't looked good. Rodgers has got 26 touchdowns of four picks. It's like, what do you – like, I'm watching the games. I'm seeing him miss wide-open mm-hmm. guys. Like, I understand he just has Devontae Adams, and nobody else has really been able to step up as the second option in the passing game besides – the running backs, but for me, I'm I'm not impressed. Like I wasn't impressed. I got smashed by the 49ers. Yeah, they beat the Giants. They they just squeaked by against Washington, Chicago, Minnesota. wasn't impressive. Sure, I'll give them a little bit of credit in that Week 16 win. I thought that was more on Cousins than what the Vikings weren't able to do. I'll give a little, a little bit of credit to Green Bay before I get attacked again. But then mm-hmm. even last week in in what was you know a must win situation, they have to come all the way back behind and and just barely win by a field goal against Detroit so I wasn't super impressed so I have no interest in the Packers there at plus 375 at all over to the AFC championship we have the Ravens minus 110 Chiefs plus 200 uh, Pats plus 600 Texans 2000 Titans uh, 25 to 1 Bills 26 to 1 and again just like you said about the Ravens or the 49ers Beller, really no value here in the Ravens uh, Chiefs pl- plus 200 is interesting to me yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs plus 200 is the only bet I make on the AFC side. I, I could get behind the four. If you like the 49ers, I understand you making that bet. If you like the Ravens to come out of the AFC, which, you know, they're the best team in the NFL, makes some sense. I, I still don't see how you make this bet. I mean, you're, you're betting them as, you know, a, a straight, you know, regular money line price uh, to, uh, to win the – I mean, if you're going to do that, just bet on them to cover whatever the spread's going to be next week. Right. right, and you're making the exact same money back. I don't see why you would put down in advance them beating. You know, if the chalk follows uh, Houston and Kansas City, why would you make those two bets at once rather than just using that money and betting on them to cover the spread against Houston and be done with it? Like, I would much rather do that than make two money line bets against Houston and Kansas City in advance. So I don't think there's any justification for betting on the Ravens. I love the Chiefs here at plus 200. This is a team that looks excellent coming in hot, uh, looking at you know, Patrick Mahomes with every week that passes. I mean, you know, let's not forget the guy dislocated his kneecap like two right. months ago. And yeah. with every week that passes, he gets further and further removed from that, further removed from, from the nagging ankle injury he had even before the knee issue. Um, and this team just looks excellent. They figured out, and I mean, they can't stop anyone really on the ground, but I think they've 
cobbled together a defensive game plan that works for them, especially when the offense is clicking. I really like the Chiefs to come out of the AFC and getting two to one of my money feels good. Other than that, I mean, the AFC to me is really weak beyond the top two teams, and I don't see any of these teams that are playing this weekend going on a three-game winning streak, getting through both Kansas City and Baltimore and getting to the playoffs. So uh, give me the Chiefs here. Yeah, no chance. I agree with you there for sure. The NFC is much, much, much stronger than the AFC. And you know what? The Chiefs defense has been a little bit better over the past few weeks. They have been a lot better, harder to pass on. And even with Patrick Mahomes, he was without Tyreek Hill for a little bit. They had really no run game. Maybe Damian Williams is at least healthy. He's played the last couple weeks. You know, he found the end zone twice in week 17. So there is something to be said about that as well. And I don't have the Chiefs in my in the Super Bowl. I got them in the Final Four. But, man, do I want them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, do I – like, I come on, man. Saints and Chiefs? Wouldn't that just be yeah. – That'd be just a phenomenal watch, I think. It'd just be it would, I, I don't think would. we would see last so year's Saints and Ravens. Pass. Saints and Ravens would be too. And again, giving away a lot here. That is what I have. Uh but I, I it would be good, but I just feel like I'd get that more of a shootout, I think. And more some more exciting plays uh, with, with Chiefs and, and Saints, mm-hmm. but who knows? It could be potentially still I think so too I think so though you know the Lamar Jackson is you know the the human highlight reel this season so uh, even though you wouldn't you maybe wouldn't get the uh the back and forth 70 yard like right Michael Thomas and then Tyreek Hill but you're gonna get some pretty big fireworks I think from Lamar if they uh, make it to the Super Bowl yeah no question okay so here we go Super Bowl odds Ravens favorite of course plus 220 49ers plus 400 Chiefs 450 Saints 600 Packers 1000 we have the Pats I mean who would have it's still crazy to, to look at this at this time of the year where we just assume that the Patriots would be at least like in the top three. Well, they're 12 to one Seahawks, 25 to one Eagles, 30 to one Texans, 33 to one Vikings, 33 to one as well. Bills, 45 to one. And then we're talking about uh, the Pats. Well, we have those Titans who are facing new England this weekend at Foxborough, 50 to one, uh, taking a long shot there. <laughs> Let's do it, Ryan Tannehill. Hey man, Tannehill everyone's been doubting Ryan Tannehill in the second half. I mean, it's only been arguably the best offense since he's taken over. But that is a that's a that's a long shot, Beller. Uh, I don't know if you, if you are ever sprinkling in on those long shots at this time of the year. You just don't bother wasting your money. Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, people love talking about their like, oh, what, look at this great value, right? <laughs> I mean, the tech, Deshaun Watson, look at this great value. This is not a stock. It's not like they can win one game and then you and they'll you know increase in value and then you can cash in or a cash out, right. right? I mean, you have they actually they actually have to win the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe you know you could obviously if they get to the Super Bowl you can hedge against them or maybe you can sell back your ticket. But in general. You know, people think about this like they're like they're stocks when they're talking about these great values. Like, I don't who cares? Are right. they gonna win the Super Bowl or no? Do you really believe that they can win the Super Bowl or can't they? And I just don't think that we're really gonna like Ravens, Chiefs, Saints to me. Though one of those three teams is gonna be the Super Bowl champion. I don't I mean think to the disrespect Saints have the 49ers. Odds like I guess six to one. I think that's solid. Oh, the Saints are the bet. The Saints are the bet here. I, I I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, that the Saints are the. I mean, they're at least they're my favorite bet. I mean, getting them as the number four team on the board behind Baltimore, San Francisco, and Kansas City when I think that they're the best team, and I've been playing them as the best team all season long. I love the Saints here. I mean, they do have to win four games. You do have to go on the road to Green Bay. Yeah. I, I really am not concerned about this week whatsoever. Uh, we'll get into the we'll get into the picks this week, but I'll I'll hammer that home when we uh, get to wild card picks. But I'm not worried about this week at all. Um, Green Bay is a tough one. Green Bay is the one that scares me. And again, that's the, we talk about matchup all season long, and I do fear them turning around with just one week while Green Bay's had the bye and having to go to Lambeau and beat a Green Bay team that, for all the faults that they've showed us this year, I mean, we have to give them the respect of being thirteen and three, of playing a schedule that included you know another playoff team in the NFC North, a Bears team that you know wasn't what they were expected to be this season, but certainly weren't a terrible team. They played the AFC West. I mean, this was a this was not the easiest schedule in the world that Green Bay went thirteen and three against. And while they didn't look great, it's still a thirteen and three. Team. 
so we do have to give them that respect. That's the game that scares me more than anything. Uh, I think New Orleans is is built to handle a team like San Francisco, and I think that they're built to uh, make this sort of run with the diversity of their offense, with the strength of uh, what they can do defensively, being able to get after the passer, strengthening up in the secondary with Marshawn Lattimore coming on strong this season, being able to transition out guys like P.J. Williams after making some uh, in-season moves. Uh, I do think that New Orleans is the best team in the NFL, and even though they're going to have to win four games to win the Super Bowl and be on the road for two of them, uh, I do think that this is the team to beat. So uh, I will happily take the Saints plus 600. My backup play would be the Chiefs because uh, for everything I said, why I think they're going to win the AFC, I think that they're capable of going that next step, beating the Saints in the Super Bowl and winning it all. Yeah, that that would be that'd be my next one too. Even though I do have the Ravens, like there's just no value there. Uh, we'll get into Super Bowl matchup in a little bit. Um, the splits are still a thing with Drew Brees, so that is my one concern too. Having to go to Lambeau is is as much as I've I've kind of trashed the Packers here, and their defense is just really middle of the pack. Like, I feel like they're just maybe slightly above average. Like at the start of the season, they looked really strong, and they've taken a step back. I feel like. But still going into Lambeau and then having to go into San Fran, at least like it, the weather will probably be a little bit nicer in San Fran as opposed to Lambeau. But <laughs> I mean, Beller, the, the splits are still a thing for Drew Brees. I mean, just at home, only six games, but three yards shy of 2,332 yards per game, 17 touchdowns, three picks on the road. He only played five games, so one fewer game. But I mean, his his QBR is is one ten compared to one twenty, and his passing yards one ninety six, like one hundred ninety six. It's yes, it's I, crazy. It's almost in half. And he still has ten touchdowns in one pick, but this is a guy for the past few years now. It's been night and day in terms of his home and road splits. It's concerning. It's totally true, and and everything you say makes uh, you know adds up. But let's also look at the fact that uh, they won four of those five games on the road, and th- those games aren't going to be you know at Green. Those games weren't at the caliber of Green Bay, at the caliber of San Francisco. Uh, but they did beat Tennessee on the road just a couple of weeks ago. That yeah. team is in the playoffs, obviously. Uh, they beat Tampa. They smashed Tampa Bay on the road with Drew Brees. They took care of business against Atlanta on the road. And then week 17, they just ran Carolina out of their own stadium. Uh, so even though Drew Brees is not – the splits are still a real thing for him, they're still winning games. And when we're making this bet, we don't care if it's Drew Brees, if it's right. the defense, if it's Alvin Kamara. We don't care who gets the job done. We just care that the team gets the job done. And while Brees maybe is not as good on the road as he's in the Superdome, he is still uh, – the Saints still are just as good on the road or at home. And if they do get to the Super Bowl, and we're talking about you know going down to Miami, um, and so weather shouldn't be right. a concern there. And then circling this all the way back to Tannehill, I mean, you know, 50-1, to 1, they're not going to do it. They maybe are going to lose this week, but – what a story that would be. Ryan Tannehill going back to Miami and winning a Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to sprinkle something on that 51. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, there's something have to be said, too, that maybe, like, you know, the 40-year-old Breeze, maybe those five games off were good for his arm, potentially. I don't know. Like, he, the offense is definitely on the right page right now over the past few weeks. I mean, this is a team that scored a ton of points, right? They scored 46 to San Fran, lose that game by two. They scored 34 to the Colts. They go into Tennessee, as you mentioned. They scored 38 against the Titans, and then they scored 42 last week in Carolina. So they are clicking at the right time. All the talk about Alvin Kamara can't find the end zone, can't find the end zone. He's got four touchdowns in his last two games. Uh, He's found the end zone just fine over the past couple weeks. Okay, Super Bowl matchups. I already did this. I I got the, the Ravens and the Saints at plus 750 after week 12 uh, I'm seeing them right now Ravens and the Saints plus 500 so the value is still decent uh, this is interesting I love doing this because there's Me some too. great great odds here um, a- anything jump out to you at all I mean my goodness there's some there's some nice stuff here uh, I wouldn't get too crazy <laughs> uh, like Bills and 49ers and you know right, 66 right. to 1 and stuff like that but man there's some there's some ones that definitely stand out the Bills are that classic like People are going to talk themselves into the quote value on the Bills. Yeah. And then it's like, well, are they really going to beat Houston in Houston and beat Baltimore in Baltimore and beat Kansas City in Kansas yeah, City? Yeah, it's the like, I, you, could, you, you, can, you can try to sound as smart as you want to sound. Uh, and, oh, value. Look at the value. Look at what this team did and their defense and Josh Allen. They're not gonna, that's not going to happen. It's not, they're not going to win all three of those games on the road. So you have to be much more realistic than what your brain maybe tells you is the value. Uh, I was, I'm like you. A couple weeks ago, I got um, Chiefs and Saints as the Super Bowl matchup at 14-1. to 1, and oh, wow. Yeah, plus I, yeah, I mean, right I, 
Uh, yeah, plus plus nine hundred where we're looking right now. But uh, I love that. I mean, I love that matchup. And again, that's these are the matchups that I that I want to bet. Right, Chiefs, Saints, Chiefs, Ravens. Um, if you want to put the 49ers in there, I totally get that as well. What about uh, Ravens, Seahawks? Uh, if you're feeling Seattle, they're at twenty two to one. It's not. I mean, that's not a bad one. I really do think that if if you are if you are looking for a long shot, if you really want to juice this up, and you're looking for the long shot, to me, the Seahawks are the only realistic one. Uh, I just can't see anyone else. I mean, the Saints. Uh, the Saints, of course, are the team playing this weekend that has the best shot to make it to the Super Bowl. But they're not a long shot. I mean, they have better odds to win the NFC than Green Bay, which you know, is crazy. I mean, does that mean like are are, we, are they going to be road favorites in <laughs> yeah, Green Bay? Yeah, they might be. If they especially beat, if they if they beat Minnesota the this week, yeah, right. I mean, that's that, that's sort of crazy to think about. But uh, we we'll tackle that next week, almost certainly, unless Kirk Cousins can surprise us on Sunday. Um, the Seattle's the only real long shot that we're talking about. That to me can make a Super Bowl run for the reasons I've said. I mean, we've seen the efficacy of what they can do against San Francisco, and and that's really the first hurdle you have to think of. Uh, If you're really thinking about them as a Super Bowl candidate, I don't think you're really thinking too much about the match with Philadelphia this week. The first game that's really on your mind is San Francisco. And not to belabor the point, but I I mean, they they beat San Francisco once. And they should have beat them last week. And that was a fully healthy San Francisco team with George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders, Raheem Mostert in the role of lead back for the 49ers. And, and Seattle handled them. I mean, the, the right Seattle didn't get run out of the place, and Seattle handled them off, handled what their offense uh, is going to throw at them in a couple of weeks should those two teams meet for the third time this season. Uh, so they're the one long shot who I could see making a run. If you want to bet a long shot, I think Seattle has to be involved with Baltimore or Kansas City. I don't want to hear about New England, meaning. I mean, I know New England is New England. I think that the scariest uh, entities on the AFC side of the bracket are Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Bill Belichick. Uh, But, I mean, we've watched this New England team all season long, and this is just two decades worth of uh, track record and evidence tell us never to doubt this team in the playoffs, and of course we shouldn't, but... I mean, this offense just doesn't have it. I mean, this is, there, there's no Rob Gronkowski. They have not been able to run the ball effectively all season long, and I just can't see them being a team that beats Kansas City and Kansas City and Baltimore and Baltimore. I just don't think they've got the offense to do it. I think they've got the defense to keep those teams in check uh, to a level that other teams wouldn't be able to, but I just can't see the offense being there. I mean, they would have to completely dominate both of those teams with their defense to be able to beat them on the road in consecutive weeks. And I just don't see two teams like that being completely dominated by any defense, especially the way that uh, NFL football is played in 2019 and 2020. So uh, you can talk about the Patriots and their track record and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and everything they've done for the last 20 years all you want. It's just not happening this season. Yeah, and and you know, Pats fans too, like... There's been so much over the past few years. You just talked about two decades of, of awesomeness and all the winning and everything, and it's just like, ah, you know, it, we lost that Week 17 game in Miami. It's not just one game. There's been red flags. You and I have talked about the red flags in, in their offense and holes in their defense of late for a few weeks now. And we talked about the cake the cake schedule that they had to start the season. I mean, it was they, – they were just beating up on brutal teams. They're not built to come from behind. Their best weapon in Julian Edelman is clearly not 100%. They've gotten nothing from the tight end position. They've run the ball a little bit better lately. I think they've had at least 130 rushing yards on the ground in four of their past five games. It's been a little bit better lately. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. I'm not sold. There was a time, man. I'd look at that Patriots and Seahawks at sixty six to one. And I'd be all over that, <laughs> right? I mean, you got Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. I mean, you just look at the quarterbacks and say, okay, with the game on the line, they can get it done. But yeah, going up against Baltimore, who just set a record for the most rushing yards of all time, and 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 Lamar Jackson is just is just lighting up the world. And then you just talked about earlier with with Mahomes and what he's been able to do over the past couple weeks and that offense too. And having already went into New England earlier this year and won the game and then, hey, come to our house and play us, right? So, yeah, I'm not I'm I'm with you there on the Pats. It would be th- this would be the craziest win of all time out of all of their Super Bowl wins. And the ones that they've grinded out on defense alone, this to me, if they were to able to come away with a Super Bowl win, that like there's there's nothing you could ever say about Brady and Belichick. But um, yeah, there's nothing you can ever say about them, even even if they go down to sure. uh, Tennessee this weekend. But I mean, just you know, I mean, this is you can't guess, just you know sprinkle yeah. you can't sprinkle like 2007 pixie dust on this team and be like, oh, it's the <laughs> Patriots. Like I just, yeah. I, I, it's not happening. I mean, point me to one impressive offensive game. 
that they've had this season. I, I mean, you, I, you, it's like, it's, it's like weeks. Pittsburgh in it's week one, weeks, right? Weeks, it's like Pittsburgh weeks, week weeks, one. Weeks, yeah. uh, it's like <laughs> and yeah. Brady had an awesome game in week one against Pitt. Yeah. I mean, his elbow is not a hundred percent. And if you look at the teams that they're going to have to go through, you know, right. Theoretically, uh, they lose at Houston. Brady has 6.94 yards per attempt in that game. They lose to Kansas city at home. Brady has 4.69 yards per attempt in that one. They get smashed at Baltimore. 6.2 yards per attempt for Brady. Why? Yeah. After everything we've seen with our eyes for the last four months, should we think that just because the calendars flipped to January, that, I mean, all due respect to what they've been able to do for two days, this is the most impressive. Like, yeah. You and I are going to go to our graves without seeing another, a more impressive team run in any sport than what the Patriots have done. But the, everything ends eventually, right? Yeah. If, uh, if things couldn't, things would always, everything ends poorly too. Right. If things didn't end poorly, they wouldn't end. And I think yeah. we're seeing the end of the Patriots right now. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, you know, what? I was so impressed. We didn't talk after week 16. I was actually really impressed with their performance against the Bills. Uh, I thought that they they had a bit of an identity on offense. They moved the ball. They had long drives. They were able to run the ball. Like Brady didn't have a phenomenal game, but 271 passing yards actually is like one of his better performances of the season. <laughs> because like other than that, it, the, the two weeks prior to that, it was 128 against Cincy and 169 against KC. Mm-hmm under 200 against the Cowboys. So I was actually impressed. I thought maybe, but then uh, I'm totally with you. Not at all, but it is crazy to just to think that they are hosting their first game at Foxborough wildcard weekend since 2009. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's been a heck of a run. So let's get into, we're never going to see a run like this weekend. in any sport, man. Again. Yeah. I, I so agree. All, I don't so think so. We're not, we're yeah. not dogging the Patriots. We're just no. being realistic about what the 2019, 20 Patriots are. Really? Yeah, you're right. So let's get into wildcard weekend. Let's start with the first game, and this is cool. They're doing AFC on Saturday, NFC on Sunday. I, I don't. You like that kind of? I, 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 I like kind of don't like that. Why not? I kind of don't like that. Well, I don't know. What's your beef with I, that? I just like the. I like it's always you know AFC Staggered. one AFC game one NFC game. Now someone's gonna get like an extra day. You know, You're right. I mean, Someone is gonna I, get I, an extra I, day. I think San Fran. Actually I like that benefits. they. Yeah, I like that they usually try to uh, you know stay away from that, mm-hmm. um, making sure that whoever wins on the Saturday plays the following Saturday, and whoever wins on the Sunday plays the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not losing any sleep over it, but I would like to see AFC, NFC. Okay, well, maybe next year. Um, (laughs) All right, so the Texans open up three-point favorites, the total 41. Texans now two-and-a-half-point favorites, the total at 44. Team applied total for Houston, 23. For Buffalo, it's 20. I don't think this is a good matchup for Houston. I really don't. You don't? No, I really don't. And the biggest key, I think, to their offense, honestly – is Will Fuller. I yeah. think he's a big part of what they're able to do on offense. When he plays, they average 25, 25 points per game. When he doesn't, 20. I know Buffalo doesn't give up a whole lot of big plays, but the fact that you could just take Will Fuller, because it's looking like – there was a point in the week where it was looking like he was going to play, but correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like he's not. He's trending down like he's not going to play. This is a bu- yeah. this is a Buffalo defense, third in passer rating allowed, fourth in passing yards per game allowed, third in yards per attempt allowed, fifth fewest yards to wide receivers, second fewest to tight ends. Last year they played Watson. They sacked him seven times. There was three fumbles. He threw two picks. He was 15 for 25, 177 yards, one touchdown. I don't think this is a good matchup for them. I know Buffalo's offense is not good. Houston's given up some big plays on defense. Maybe we could see a couple big bombs to John Brown. I'm not completely sold on Buffalo's offense. You and I have had this conversation numerous times. We said halfway through the year, it looks like Buffalo's going to get a wild card spot. Do we like them to go into Houston or potentially go into KC and actually win a football game? Has your mind changed at all? Because mine kind of has. I think that they could win this game. Um, you know, I, I, I lean Houston in this one. And let me preface this by saying that uh, if we were talking uh, one of our regular season, you know, 16-game slates or even uh, a slate that had some buys in 13 or 14 games, then Houston minus 2.5 at home against Buffalo almost certainly wouldn't have been one of the games that I pegged as one I was most confident in. Uh, so that so you take that uh, for what it's worth. Uh, this is not a game that I will be placing any real money on this week. Uh, it's the game I'm the least confident in my pick of any of the four for the week. Uh, I think all the points you make are sound. I just think Houston's a better team overall, even without Will Fuller. Um, and it does. I think you are right. Uh, he is uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Obviously, games tomorrow, so no real practice for uh, Houston today. Bill O'Brien uh, this morning, I saw called him a game time decision. So. Uh, even if he does play, you know, Will Fuller, the injury history being a game time decision, 
hard to believe that he'll be 100% even if he is out there for Houston. And that's a big loss for them because of what he does for them downfield and that quick strike capability uh, that he provides for the offense. But I still think this is the better team. They're going to be getting J.J. Watt back on the field. It's not going to be a, a full package of plays for J.J. Watt, but... I mean, talk about a situational pass rusher, right? right? Yeah. To uh, to get onto your team. I mean, and all JJ Watt and I mean, he's that he's in that uh, you know Khalil Mack grade of players where one play JJ Watt can make one right. He's like the defensive version of Will Fuller. All it takes Absolutely. is one play for JJ Watt. That's a strip sack that uh, gets recovered and returned for a touchdown, or you know recovered and sets up the the Texans with first and goal, and it swings an entire game. So getting JJ Watt back huge. And let's remember that they've played basically the entire second half of the season without J.J. Watt. And what have they done? They beat New England. They beat Kansas City. I mean, this is a team that has racked up some impressive wins, and they get that wake-up call against Denver, what, about a month or so ago, and then boom, just ran home and rattled off a huge win against Tennessee um, on the road a couple of weeks ago to basically lock up the AFC South. And you know, Tennessee had been rolling up to that point, and they're the one team that really stood in Tennessee's way once Ryan Tannehill took over. Man, that's a team that beat Kansas City, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was the They've team that Patrick Mahomes came back. That was a game that Patrick Mahomes came back from his injury and played very well. And Kansas City's offense looked like itself. And Tennessee wins that game. And then you see Houston go in there a few weeks later, AFC South on the line. And Houston owned that game start to finish. So I look at this game, and what concerns me most from Buffalo's point of view is where exactly does the offense come from? Uh, because Devin Singletary has uh, been good, but there still is a, uh, feels like a refusal to commit to him. Uh, I would love to see Devin Singletary get the Miles Sanders treatment in Philadelphia. It hasn't quite happened just yet. Um, I do think that their defense is going to show up and do what it does, but I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins 10 times out of 10 against Tredavious White. I, I just am. Ooh, I just think, I think that, that's a tough uh, matchup Hopkins, for him, man. Yeah. It, oh, it's definitely a tough matchup. I'm not, you yeah. know, I'm not saying that Hopkins walks all over him, but yeah. if I have to, you know, you know choose your fighter, right? Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to choose DeAndre in that one. I'm going to choose uh, Deshaun Watson to be able to make a few more plays than Josh Allen, and I worry about what that passing game's able to do if Houston can keep Allen's running in check. So, I add it all up. I think Houston's the better team. I like that they're playing at home. I like that we're getting a, a minus 120 on the two and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So Vegas yeah. is sort of protecting itself against people coming in and seeing that line and just saying all Houston's got to do is win by a field goal. That makes me feel a little bit better about Houston. I'm going to ride with the Texans in this one. In terms of public bets, I'm, the public's with you. They're least confident in this game. I mean, it's like 51% on Houston. It's, it's number four in terms of just public bets this weekend. You make a lot of good points. The fact that Houston's at home, you know, they only got to win by a field goal. I think I do think J.J. Watt is is a definite factor because the line in Buffalo it has improved so far this season throughout the year. It is the one thing sometimes Josh Allen hangs onto the ball a little bit long. He's, I mean, he's been sacked top ten uh, among quarterbacks in the NFL. So. Oh, man, it, it it really is a tough game, but <laughs> it's a I tough think one. that it's a, it's a really. Tough I, one. I actually give the edge to Jadavius White over Hopkins. I think Hopkins is is one of the best wide receivers. We're not going to we're not breaking news here with with Hopkins. I mean, it's it's a phenomenal matchup. You have arguably one of the better corners in the league against one of the better wide receivers in the league. I, it could just be a wash. Like they're both going to have they're both going to be able to make plays. Hopkins going to be able to make plays. White's going to be able to make plays. Like I, I think that's going to be a phenomenal matchup to watch. I wonder where the offense comes from after that. I feel like they, for Houston, I mean, 29th in passing yards allowed per game, the eighth most pa- the eighth most plays of 20 plus yards. That's right up John Brown's alley and jo- and Josh Allen. And I actually look at Singletary, and I have seen a bit of okay. Let's turn it over to you a little bit. I mean, the rookie back has had at least 16 touches in six straight games. He's averaging 91 total yards over that span. 12 catches over his last four contests. The Texans have allowed the second most catches to backs on the season. I'm not talking fantasy here, but the six most fantasy points to backs. Like they have struggled against running backs, so I think there is a bit of a slight edge there in terms of Singletary. I think Duke Johnson could be a problem for the Bills. I think maybe a few more catches for him out of the backfield, especially if there's no Will Fuller. Who's going to be that second guy to step up in the offense? I mean, Kenny Stills, he just doesn't seem to show up unless Will Fuller's on the field, right? It's weird. We just assume that Kenny Stills <laughs> is going to be able to show up right, right. when he's the second option in the passing game, and he, and he just doesn't seem to when Will Fuller is not around. So, yeah, tough matchup. And, and you know, 
I know that Allen's not a rookie quarterback, but rookie quarterbacks and first-time quarterbacks, they don't have a great track record in terms of their first playoff game. Watson lost his first playoff game. You look at last year, Trubisky lost his first playoff game. Like, There's been Lamar Jackson last year. I think Mahomes was the only one last season in terms of just quarterbacks playing their first playoff game. Watson under the bright lights. He's been on this stage before. There's a lot of things that point me to the direction that just take Houston at home by a field goal. But, Beller, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I think this is a tough matchup. I think that Buffalo is going to just play their grind style, slow the pace down a little bit, um, use Cole, Cole Beasley in the slot. He's been good over the past few weeks and just rely on their defense. So I think, ultimately, the defense is what gets this done for, for Buffalo. So, we start off on on different pages, but it's it's really I like it's it. Really tight. I like being I like the I like uh, being yeah. at loggerheads because a we started bit. off with basically the same Super Bowl picks, right? Yeah. We, it's like, hey, okay, turn <laughs> the show off. Up somewhere <laughs> five minutes in, they both like the Saints. Next, um, okay. <laughs> speaking of next, let's get to these Pats. Five and a half. They opened up forty-two and a half was the total. Five and a half right now, and forty-four and a half the total. So it's jumped up slightly. New England's team implied total twenty-five. Tennessee nineteen point five. As I mentioned earlier, Pat's hosting Wildcard Weekend since two thousand nine, and a lot of comparisons have been made. I've heard it all week, and I'm sure you have as well. When Baltimore went in there and Ray Rice, and they ran all over him, and now we have Derrick Henry, the league's leading rusher, uh, one hundred thirty plus rushing yards in four of his last five games. Uh, this this is a guy that's just really he's looked so good over the last two years, Beller. Really, a year and a half. Yeah. This guy has just been has been unbelievable. I'll let you take it away. Any chance that Tennessee could actually go in there and get it done? As much as we've kind of crapped all over New England, are we giving them benefit of the doubt that they'll at least win this game at home and take care of business against the Titans? I think there is absolutely a chance. I think Tennessee winning this game outright is absolutely in play. And this is not the uh, this is not uh, you know straight from the gospel. But uh, do you know how many games the Patriots won this season when the uh, opposing team scored more than seventeen points? Oh, jeez! Any guess there? Um, how many how many wins do the Patriots have when they gave up more than seventeen points? Three. Zero. They have zero wins this season when the other opposing team has scored more than 17 points. Tennessee's implied total is 19. Tennessee has been able to move the ball up and down the field ever since Ryan Tannehill took over as the starter. Tennessee has probably the two most dangerous offensive players in this game, in Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, right? Ryan Tannehill is undoubtedly, unquestionably playing better football than Tom Brady right now. I mean, that is – I mean. All right, no one is putting Ryan Tannehill's career up against Tom Brady's career, but right now, January third, on January fourth, these teams are getting together. Twenty twenty, who is playing better quarterback right now? It is without a question Ryan Tannehill. So I think coming into this game, the Titans look like the better team, bar none. Just hands down, they look like the better team. Now, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, and he is, like I said, one of the three scariest entities on the AFC side of this playoff bracket, and he could absolutely game plan and will this team to a victory, and we should never be doubting what the Patriots can do in a, in a, you know, a week of preparation, what uh, uh, Tom Brady can rise to the occasion. We know that that is something that is always going to be there for the Patriots, playing at home, uh, playing against a team that they seem to know pretty well, right? These two teams have, have met quite a bit over the last few years, but I just think Tennessee looks like the better team right now, and all the talk about the Patriots being able to turn it on, right? I mean, like I said earlier, this is not in the halcyon days of 2007, and it seems like there's this like, uh, like Shangri-La mentality that uh, you know, this is New England, and you know, the January comes, and New England does what New England does, but that ignores what we've seen from this team right. for four months running. Yeah. I think Tennessee looks like the better team. I'm not super confident in betting them to win, but I am confident in taking the five and a half points and thinking they can keep it within that, so I will ride with the Titans here at plus five and a half. Maybe I'm crazy. I think that they're going to win. Uh, and, there and, you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. And uh, it's so tough. It really is tough to go against New England at home, even after seeing everything and, and the, the unbelievable stat that you had, the 17 points. It's 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 crazy to, to think about 
even going against New England and Bill Belichick. And that's what it is. It's Bill Belichick, and it's and it's a week to prepare and, and taking away the opposing team's best player and, and Brown. I mean, you you just compare Brown and Hopkins. Like, Hopkins has 1,000 yards, but he has 100 catches, and Brown has 1,000 yards. He's got 52 grabs. Like, it's it's crazy. <laughs> just the big playability that he's had. I mean, 100 yards on, on four catches. This is what he's averaging over the last six games. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. And last week... I don't want to take too much stock into last week, because but we have been saying right. there's been some red flags over the last few weeks. But last week, I mean, Stephon Gilmore has been shut down all year, and Ryan Fitzpatrick just went at him, and he's went at Devontae Parker all year, and Parker had a massive game. They they were blitzing like crazy, and Fitzpatrick was getting out of it. Ryan Tannehill can make those throws on the run. He's accurate. I mean, since he's taken over, he's first in rating. He's first in pass in per attempt. He's first in yards per completion. He's right there with Breeze on the season in terms of completion rate. This is a guy that's been impressive. The play action has been there with Derrick Henry. And the deep play down the field has been there with A.J. Brown. He's utilizing the tight end in Jonu Smith. I Again, much like Bills and Texans, I don't think this is a good matchup. I don't think yeah. it's a great matchup where Tennessee can just control the clock. They can run the ball. And for, for, the, for the Pats... They've struggled against running backs lately. Mixon let them mm-hmm. up. Frank Gore had a game with over 100 yards. They, they Overall, in terms of just stopping running backs, they've done a good job when you look at the numbers on the outside. But when you look at some of the running backs they play, they haven't played a lot of great running backs. I mean, Lev Bell's best game of the season on 15 carries, he had 70 yards rushing. Like, there's been some decent performances from running backs. Now they got to go up against Henry. So, I... I I'm definitely taking Tennessee and the and the five and a half. I think if New England gets this done, it's it's probably on a last second field goal. But man, if they get behind, they're not built Beller to come from behind. They're just not. So if they get from behind in this game, I think that's big time issues from New England. You want to guess in terms of just yards per attempt? I mean, talking about Tannehill, nine point six. You know where Brady is? He's twenty seventh among quarterbacks, six point six. I yeah. mean, he I just, mean it, it, there's not a weapon in that offense that he feels comfortable passing the ball to outside Oop. of Julian Edelman. That's exactly what I was going to say. And not only is there someone who's not that he's not necessarily comfortable with, but there's no one to make that big play down the field. There's no one right. in this yeah. offense to really stretch the field. I mean, look at like right. Mohamed Sanu's not going to do that. Nikhil Harry's not really going to do that. They don't have a tight end to speak of. I mean, there's no one in this offense who's going to make that explosive play. They're going to have to dink and dunk their way down the field. They haven't been able to run the ball. I mean, if someone's going to if someone's going to make explosive plays for New England, it's James White and. Uh, you know, my Wisconsin graduate heart absolutely loves James White <laughs> and will always say that he was absolutely robbed of that Super Bowl MVP a couple of oh, years ago. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, if, if if James White's the guy you're counting on to be your, the explosive element in your offense, I think you're in a little bit of trouble. And let me just make one point from a pure gambling standpoint. There's always going to be Patriots money. Always, right? Always. Patriots, especially like, right? The, the, the Patriots probably have a, like a bivouac mentality right now, these Patriots fans, and <laughs> we got to hunker down and, and rally to the troops and be by our boys, and we're going to bet on these guys. There's always going to be Patriots money from Patriots fans. There's always going to be Patriots money from casual bettors. And the fact that this line came out at five and a half and has stuck at and five and stuck. a half all yeah. week long, right? I mean, that tells me that, uh, that, uh, Vegas is not concerned about having to build up the number. Like, they're, they're, if you want to bet on the Patriots minus five and a half, be my guest. Is what uh, is yeah. what Vegas is saying to us right now, and that makes me feel even better about the Titans because they could easily make this number like seven and yes. still get the same amount of Patriots money that they are getting right now. That suggests to me that they don't want to give Tennessee seven points. And so that makes me feel even better about Tennessee at five and a half. Yeah, you talked about 51% of the bets on Houston, 52% of the bets on New England. So, again, it's it's basically a coin flip in terms of the public. So here I am again. I'm going against another – because this is Tannehill's first playoff game. I'm going against the, everything I've seen over the past few years in terms of just quarterbacks playing their first game. And in New England against a Pats D that's first in rating, first in yards per game, TD passes allowed, first in points allowed, total yards per game, second in takeaways. Like all the numbers are there for New England. Um, but I think this is the end of the end. I, I really do. I think it's all over. I mean, come on, man. That was a game they should – Miami? I know Miami's played better, but there's a lot on the line for you guys. Don't tell me that it was just a nothing game. Like, you're already locking in the playoffs. You wanted that buy. You wanted that buy. You mm-hmm. needed that buy big time, and I think it's going to cost them. I, I really do. 
Let's head over to the I NFC. Do too. An old injured team. They had no one had more on the line in Week 17 than the Patriots. They were 16 and a half point favorites, and they lose at home. <laughs> and they, I am with you 100. percent Yeah, and and Fitzpatrick looked good. He did good. Mm-hmm. They they the offense looked solid with no run game, and now they got to go up against Henry. Nobody wants to tackle that guy. You kidding me? Mm-hmm. Nobody's tackled him all year. So I, again, I just think it's a really tough matchup. I will be surprised if New England wins, despite their track record. I will be surprised if they win the football game. Okay, Sunday, NFC. I guess we don't have to spend too much time here. Saints, they opened up at 7. They're 7.5 against the Vikings. The total has gone from 47 to 49.5. This is a total I've already hammered, as I said earlier. I do expect near 60 points. I think this is going to get over. I just don't know how the Vikings are going to stop the Saints. I really don't. They are one of three teams that's in top 10 in terms of DVOA, offense and defense. The other two, Baltimore and San Fran, number one seats, hello. So we have to give them a little bit of respect. But over the past few weeks, Beller, I know that Delvin Cook is practicing in full and he looks like he's good to go. Where has Adam Thielen been? There's too many question marks on him. I don't know how fully healthy he is. Kirk Cousins, the spotlight, a lot of question marks with Kirk Cousins. The Saints are going to do their thing. Their 28-team implied total, they're going to get there. They're going to score. Mm-hmm. No problem. There, yes, but can they the Vikings keep up? That's the only question here. We we like the Saints, but can the Vikings keep this within a touchdown? What do you think? They cannot. They they one hundred percent cannot. This is Saints all the way. Uh, what a surprise, right? We're just carrying yeah. on best on the board, right? Oh, yeah, Saints no minus seven and a half. Yeah, yeah let's go. Brought Saints to you minus by fourteen the New and a half. Saints. Well, yeah, yes. yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Brought to you by the Chamber, New Orleans Chamber of Commerce. Visit New Orleans, the Mississippi River, jazz, great music, delicious food, and a dominant football team. Let's go Saints. I mean, they are absolutely going uh, like, come on. This is the, this is uh, I, I hate to say it again. Best team in the NFL. I mean, and playing, they shouldn't even be playing this weekend. I know. It's, right. It's I mean, they, they joke, should, actually. this should be a team that's, that's resting at home with a bye, and you know, for they're not because green Bay was able to go 13 and three as well. But uh, give me the saints with a ton of confidence. Everything you said about the Vikings holds true. And I just don't see, I mean, this Vikings defense, right. is just not what it used to be. And uh, I, I think, and we, we saw Alvin Kamara over the last two weeks of the season finally start to look like himself. Latavius Murray is a great compliment for what uh, Kamara brings to the table and what this team wants to do and keeping Kamara fresh throughout a full game. And I mean, Michael Thomas, the year this guy oh, put together, I, I, how does this team slow Drew Brees? I mean, Minnesota's pass defense was among the worst in the league this year. How do they slow down Drew Brees at home? The answer is they don't. You mentioned uh, the role that New Orleans offense has been on going into this game. You mentioned just the last few games. I'll go back even after that, after that shocking loss to Atlanta uh, at home back in Week 10, which was one of Brees' first games back from the injury. I think it was his second game back from the injury. Uh, They put up 34 against Tampa, 34 against Carolina. Then they go to Atlanta, put up 26 uh, in a game that that, um, uh, they were able to control pretty much throughout, and then the games you mentioned, 46 against San Fran, 34 against Indy, 38 against Tennessee, 42 against Carolina. This offense is absolutely on a roll, and counter to what we saw from uh, Green Bay against Detroit and New England against Miami in Week 17, New Orleans was still playing for that bye, too, and what do they do? They come out and they smash Carolina. That was never a game right from the jump. Take care of business. That is the signature of a great team. Uh, Minnesota had themselves a fine season, and in a different matchup, you know, if they were flipped and they were playing Philadelphia, then maybe I would like them, even if they were maybe playing Seattle. But this is just not the spot for them. They go down uh, a tiny measure of revenge for the Saints from the Minneapolis Miracle. And this team, right, if any team is due a stroke of good luck in the playoffs – it is the New Orleans Saints, so give me the Saints in this one with a ton of confidence. Yeah, I and I just feel like they, and I'm sure everybody has their the right mindset heading in, despite struggles. But the way that the Saints have lost over the last two years, it's like they just they've been completely burned with the PI against the Rams, and then that last second play against the Vikings. Like this is a team that is completely motivated. I love the I love the defense. I love the offense. I like the fact that. Nobody can stop Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Looks looks really good too. Xavier Rhodes just says has he just hasn't looked the same, Beller. He's given up a lot of big this plays. Whole, this whole pass defense, man. And Michael Thomas isn't the like seventy yard touchdown kind of guy, like Tyreek Hill or anything. But I yeah. mean, it, no one needs to be proven of my, what Michael Thomas uh, does and can do week to week. And uh, even if it's not going to be something where they're killing you deep uh, with Michael Thomas, they certainly can with Ted Ginn. They certainly can with Traquan Smith. Uh, Jared Cook has looked excellent. I mean, this Cook is just has a nine team touchdowns that- in his last ten games. 
Nobody's even talking remarkable. about that. It's remarkable. And this is, a, I mean, and, and everything they want to do offensively, they have shown us that they can do with two different quarterbacks. Right. So, I mean, I just <laughs> yeah. I, I absolutely, absolutely love this team, and uh, I can't wait for uh, Saints-Packers next week. Okay, yeah. We are we're giving Minnesota zero credit. That's it. Zero credit. I mean, there's just too many question marks. It's not even them. I mean, I really do. If, if, they were playing, if they were playing Philly or if they were playing Seattle, I think I'd probably be backing Minnesota, but they're playing New Orleans. Yeah, if they were the playing Philly, I, I would back them against Philly. You know, I'd probably back them against Seattle, too. Let's move on to the Seahawks and, and Eagles. Let's wrap up the show with, with this game. As I mentioned, this was this was the hardest one for me to call. Philly opened up as one-point favorites. I knew that would change in a hurry. Uh, it hasn't changed too much, but Seattle, 1.5 favorites right now. The total has it's come down. From 46 to 45 and a half, nothing too, uh, nothing too serious. 23.5, the team implied total for Seattle, 22 for Philadelphia. A lot has to be said about this Eagles team, not just this season, but over the last three years. And Doug Peterson, from week 15 on, Beller, over the last three years, they are 12 and two, and 10 of those wins were in situations where if they lost, they would be done for the season. That's including playoffs. They had the en route to the Super Bowl. They were underdogs in every single playoff win, including two games at home last year. Underdog in Chicago got the win. Then this year, underdog as well at home. Uh, both teams banged up. They really are. <laughs> Philadelphia a little bit more banged up than Seattle, but both yes. teams are completely banged up. Carson Wentz, the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards and not have a wideout on his team, have 500. So it just goes to show what <laughs> he's been able to do over the past couple weeks, throwing to Boston Scott, throwing to Joshua Perkins, Deontay Burnett, Greg Ward, who's a college football quarterback. Uh, yeah, it's it's been crazy what Carson Wentz has been able to do. Uh, you said you like Seattle, so is this just a matter of, hey, let me give the best quarterback here in Russell Wilson? Because Seattle's banged up too, I mean, without both star running backs mm-hmm. and a team that wants to run the football. It's not just a matter of best quarterback. It's a matter of the better team to me. Um, and Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz deserve a ton of credit for getting this Philadelphia team into the playoffs. I think Doug Peterson deserves maybe not coach of the year honors, but certainly coach of the year votes. I mean, all the injuries that this team has had to be able to go uh, nine and seven, win the division, get into the playoffs, and be a team that you know goes into the playoffs certainly not looking like a favorite, but uh, no one would be surprised if they took down Seattle this week and were one of the last eight teams playing football this season. They deserve a ton of credit for what they have been able to do this year, no question about that. But there's just too many injuries on this team, especially going up against a team like Seattle, who, as you mentioned. Banged up themselves. No Chris Carson. They're going to be leaning on Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch in the run game, and they're still going to want to run the ball. Uh, but this is just too many got too many things working against Philadelphia in this game. And there's all this talk going into this week about Philadelphia's offense, you know, sort of getting its groove back. And, you know, even with all the injuries, looking like a team that goes into uh, this game against Seattle, knowing what it wants to do. I mean, that's based on a game against Miami that they lost, two games against the Giants, a game against Dallas where they only scored 17 points, and a game in Washington. I mean, again, all credit due to Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz but they beat for up on the brutal NFC East. to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, come on. I mean, if, they, if, if you – Jake said this, so I got to give credit to Jake. He said this on our ranking show. If you flip Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia is in the AFC North and Pittsburgh's in the NFC East, then Pittsburgh's in the playoffs. Pittsburgh's in this spot, right? And Philadelphia is the team – that's at home. And, they, you know, they, they lost to New England. They already lost to Seattle at home this season. There's too many injuries, too many things working against them. And if you look at the other side, I mean, we've already talked about it a few times. Look at what uh, uh, the Seahawks have been able to do against their best competition this season, going one-on-one against San Francisco, nearly beating San Francisco last week, uh, beating, uh, uh, beating up on the Rams uh, earlier in the season. They did lose to the Rams in their most recent uh, matchup, but that was a team that is not in the playoffs but was you know probably more impressive than any win Philadelphia showed us this season. Um, yeah, they got beat up by, by Baltimore, but who didn't? I, I just think that Seattle enters this as the better team. All you're asking for is a victory here. I'm not worried about the travel. I'm not worried about the road too much. I just think that when you measure these two teams up against one another, the injuries are just going to be too much for Philadelphia to overcome. Zach Ertz still not clear for contact. Lane Johnson still hasn't been practicing. Those are huge ones. Uh, I just don't think Philly's going to be able to keep up with Seattle this weekend. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think I think that it's going to be a grind, much like the game earlier. It was week 12, 17-9. Wilson was 13 for 25. He only had 200 passing yards. Lockett only had the, the one catch on two targets. But it was Penny and Carson. I mean, that was Penny's breakout game, 129 yards on the ground. Carson had 26. I mean, this is a team that's fourth in rushing yards, but this is not a, a team that you can run the football on. So I, th- I I wonder if Seattle's game plan, because the way you beat Philadelphia is through the air. 
It's exactly, that's how you do it. The third fewest rushing yards allowed per game, but the fifth most yards to wide receivers. It's through the air, and we know that Russell Wilson can do that. Last week, he ran a little bit more. I just wonder what that game plan will be for Seattle. If Pete Carroll wants to just run the football, I think it'll be a struggle. If they let Wilson throw the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I think they'll be able to have their way. But there are some holes on, on Seattle's defensive side of the football. I mean, only Arizona's allowed more yards to tight ends. You saw what Dallas Goddard's been able to do. I think Zach Ertz is going to play. I don't think Lane Johnson's going to play. Only three teams have allowed more yards to running backs in Seattle. Boston Scott's got 23 catches over his last four games. Miles Sanders has been a player in the backfield. He's going to be able to play in this game. Seattle just lost left tackle Dwayne Brown, Michael Kendricks. Like These are big-time injuries. Both running backs not going to be there, as I mentioned, and Penny and Carson. So I do feel like this is going to be a grind. I think it's going to be low-scoring. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to come down to the last, last drive of the game. And for me, it's Russell Wilson. That's that's the only reason that I'm picking Seattle, honestly, is it's Russell Wilson. It's a great reason. I can't go against him because <laughs> Philly hasn't been able to stop him. Doug Peterson's played Seattle three times, all three losses. P- Peterson hasn't been able to figure out Pete Carroll's defense, and it's all three games have been grinds. And at the end of the day, it just seems to always come down to Russell Wilson making that big play. It was a big play in Week 12 in, F- in Philadelphia when they won that game. It was a trick play, and... It just, that's all, and I'm not breaking news here. It just seems to be with Russell Wilson and, and, and the final plays that he's able to make in the final drive, he's so elusive, he's extending plays. But I, I don't think that Seattle's going to go in there easily and win this game. I, again, it's, I just don't think it's a, it's a phenomenal matchup for them to be able to do what they want to do, and that's run the football. Marshawn Lynch did, did not impress me. There's a reason they were working out backs this week. Marshawn Lynch oh, is, yeah, is not going to be a factor in this game, I don't think. Like, Travis I'm Homer's with you on been that okay. Homer's been okay. I mean, he, he in, in a limited sample size last week, he was fine running between the tackles against San Fran. He he has caught a few balls in the two games. I think maybe thirteen over the two games that he's that he's played, and then he started without Penny and Carson hanging around. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think this is this was the toughest one for me to call. Honestly, it's just I, with even with all of the Eagles injuries and losing Brandon Brooks, who's a big part of the offensive line as well. So without Brooks and Lane Johnson, it's, that is that is a concern that I have. But it was a tough one for me to call, man. It was the toughest one. I feel like it's just there's, there's that mojo going on in Philly, man. There's something about them being underdogs at home and everyone counting them out. They just <laughs> seem to – it's weird, right? It's just there's not a lot of numbers to back it up, but they just seem to, to be able to find a way um, to just win football games. And, yeah, you're right, a lot of credit to Doug Peterson. So mm-hmm. I will lean oh, with sure. Seattle. Um, but I think that's going to be – that's gonna be a good one, man. It really is. They're all gonna. Be I good. think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. Well, I don't know about that, but I do think. <laughs> I do think. Uh, You're not giving any credit think, to the Vikings at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do think this is gonna be a, a good game. I agree with you uh, there. And this might be my last point on this, and then we can wrap this up. But uh, this is admittedly sort of uh, galaxy brain uh, here. But uh, I think the fact that. You know, Homer's been fine in limited samples, and Marshawn Lynch is clearly co- – I mean, who could have seen that coming? A 33-year-old running back coming right. out of retirement uh, can't get anything going. Um, I think that that actually sort of works in Seattle's favor because if anything is going to break uh, Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer from yeah. their steadfast dedication to the run and right. swimming upstream against what the NFL is actually doing this uh, in this era – it's going to be a run game that is just totally unworkable. Mm-hmm. And that almost forces them exactly. to put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and forces them to get DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett a combined 20 targets in this game. And I think that they have no choice but to do that because of how broken their run game is without Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. So I, I think that we're, I like, if I were an Eagles fan, I would have almost, I would have wished to have seen a, a decent Marshawn Lynch last week or, uh, yes, even yes. Even like a fully healthy like Chris Carson almost would feel I would feel a little bit better about assuming that's that's too far. That's like beyond galaxy brain. That's a little too far. But I do think that like a, a decent showing from Marshawn Lynch would have played into Philly's hands this week. I agree. As an Eagles guy, I agree. And I watched that game and that was my one fear is that okay, because that's what Seattle wants to do. And and sometimes you're right. They are stubborn where they just they stick to their game plan. They run the football. And, and that's what Philly wants you to do. I mean, go ahead. Run the football. I mean, their third down defense is fourth. Their third down offense is fourth. The red zone TD offense is third. Like, big plays, Doug Peterson. I give them the credit, actually. I give them the check mark, And that's what they want. Like, go ahead. If you want to run the football on first down and second down, go for it. That's what we mm-hmm. want you to do. 
But without Penny, without Carson, I, I think it will force Russell Wilson to throw the ball more than he did last time. As I mentioned, 13 for 25. 25 passing attempts. I'd be shocked if Russell Wilson had fewer than 25 passing attempts this weekend, and I think that's where um, they'll be able to exploit the Eagles in the secondary. Again, yeah, no Darby. Absolutely. Mills. If, if, if uh, Russell Wilson has fewer than 25 pass attempts they and lose. Seattle, Seattle loses, loses. yeah, if that, if that happens, then they should make Brian Schottenheimer walk back to Seattle. <laughs> Run back. You want to run? Run <laughs> yeah, back. Seriously. Run back across the country. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, all right, man. Uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks so much Absolutely. for everyone hanging out. We will be back again next week to break down uh, next week's matchups, another four games. So just to recap, I have Tennessee, Buffalo. <laughs> My goodness. I never thought I would say that six weeks ago that I have Tennessee <laughs> and Buffalo winning playoff games. Uh, not just covering. You have them both winning. winning. You have them both outright winning both, these oh, games. Wait. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's correct. Winning. Um, and then the Saints and then Seattle. Um, and then for you, what do you got? For me, we are, we're pretty much the same here, man. I'm taking the Texans to win um, I, and, so I, and cover. I am taking the Titans to also win. So, of course, uh, Baby, go with go. that five and a half. And then Saints in a walkover and Seahawks to win and cover against Philadelphia. 84% of the public on the Seattle Seahawks. I think it's just a better team, man. Yeah, I think that's what sometimes it is. The, it's just, sometimes the public is right. Yeah, and and a lot of the injuries, like Philly's, just had a lot of injuries. So give them credit to to where they've been. Uh, but you're right, Seattle is is the better team. Okay, that'll do it. At M Beller, at Chris Meany. Questions you guys can hit us up. Enjoy the football. Uh, hopefully you guys take down your brackets, your playoff pools, and get in on some future odds. You guys can always hit us up on Twitter, and we will be back next week. <laughs>